Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. Great to be back with you again. I'm James Prescott, your host. Um, I'm delighted to welcome back some guests we've had on before. Um, but I'm now coming back under a different name. So you'll remember the Blacksmith Daughters, um, the band we've had on the show a couple of times. Um, but now we have Jelida. Um, and it's made up of two of the pe- two of the guys from the Blackpist uh, from the Blackpist Daughters, um, Sean and Jelida Alter. So welcome, guys. Hi. So great to be on. Thank you, James. Um, yeah, it's great to have you back. And the reason we got them back is because they've made some new music. They're a new band. They've just um, released some new music, and we're going to talk about that and the story behind it and the creative process and it's going to be awesome so mm-hmm. yeah just tell us guys the story of how this little duo kind of came together how it happened yeah i, I can't ever stop making music so at the end of the seasons turned album i just wanted to keep working on stuff so i started recording some more songs and then Jolida jumped on because she uh she wanted to sing and play cello and keyboard and then we started doing these songs, and we're, we live in Minnesota, so if you want to have a, a, a happy existence, you have to have something to do in the wintertime. So whenever <laughs> it's winter and whenever it starts getting cold, we always record more. So we just worked on these songs from November to, well, just a couple of weeks ago. And now that the weather's getting nice, we can get outside again and start touring, but the, but the EP's all done. Uh, we just did five songs. Um, but we, it just kind of evolved out of the seasons turned era ending uh, with the blacksmith daughters and us still wanting to play and, mm. and to write music. So we just worked on those songs, recorded them and then started rehearsing with the, just the two of us. Yeah. And the blacksmith daughters aren't done. It's just with six members, there's a lot of scheduling to go on and it can't be like instantly into the next thing. But because Sean and I are a married couple, we live together. We can just fill up our little bits of time here and there and, make this work much easier than our bigger six member group yeah yeah i, I always there's always something about that with bands isn't there there's like i think a lot of, a lot of bands have have that kind of thing happen where like guys go off and do their solo stuff or like or they break up and do different stuff individually or in little groups and then they come back together again to record um yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a trend yeah. in music um and that's really there's cool a- yeah, there's a pretty famous Minnesota band called Doomtree that does that all the time. Like each individual does their own thing and like Dessa's a big one right now. And it kind of like seeing it around me and realizing like it's not an offense to the band or it's not, you know, it's something that people do and it actually keeps the excitement up about what's happening. And you can also then dive into the music you've been itching to try out, but maybe it wouldn't be fitting for the whole group. So mm, yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can explore different things creatively. I would, I would suspect mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, us, our music this time is it, the EP is all minor uh, kind of accidentally and we're hitting on a little minor key, minor key. Yeah. um, and we're hitting on a little, I would say in a way deeper, but I mean, so blacksmith daughters did a lot of love 
we were all married couples and I'm not saying love's not deep, but, um, you know, when you're singing about it in songs, it's very happy and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Right. And so this is taking on different dimensions of some of our emotions and, and just topics and really diving into two of our songs are very biblical. Um, and just, you know, being able to have more of our own opinions into the songs. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell us the stories about behind these these songs. I've listened to a couple of them already. Um, loved them. Absolutely loved them. Um, mm-hmm. So just tell us the story behind behind these songs. Yeah. So one of the, so half the songs I wrote, half the songs Sean wrote. So I'll start with some of mine. Um, the first song I wrote for this EP was Wants and Desires, and that one is just questioning um, and hoping that I'm developing into a person that is worthy of God, that is living a life that is full, um, and that my wants and desires, the title of the song, are not going astray that mm. and also like kind of questioning is god telling me to do music or am i just really wanting to do music and you know that's i think that's a age-old question for a lot of people who are passionate and christians it's like am i just following my own wants and desires or are they mm. god yeah and i think that's a i think that's a question that a lot of artists creative people you know want to ask i i thought i I find myself asking that question as someone who who writes and wants and has loads of ideas for books and um, has like a desire to to speak and, and things as well and obviously just this podcasting. Like I I find that question as well. Like, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for for someone else? Am I doing this for my <laughs> to satisfy my ego or am I doing this mm-hmm. to serve other people? You mm-hmm. know, and there's that's a real question um, for creative people. I think that when we're you know why? Why are we? Why are we making this stuff? Why? Why do we want to do this stuff? Where does that desire come from? You know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, how has that impacted? How has? How have you responded to that question? What? What? What did you learn from the process of writing that song and asking that question? Yeah, <laughs> to keep it open, to constantly pray about it. That. Um, just because you prayed once doesn't mean like you should have the answer already that, you know, you have to, God, I gave you 30 seconds. Can you, can you give me my answer now? And just like, you have to keep going at it and asking and keeping it open and making sure you're listening. Um, but the process itself is therapeutic though. That's one thing that's common for, for everybody. I think mm. is when you do it, it feels good and you just do it for its own sake. And when, when you write something that is stirring within you and, and you are able to present it, it's, it feels good to do it. It just feels good to have it out. And it's, it's good just, just, for, just for me. <laughs> you know, I, I would like other people to enjoy it, but it feels good just to have it out and, and to do it in the best possible way, to hear something in your head and to have it out and, and finished. Uh, mm-hmm. Or like when you're writing, you know, to, to have a thought and an idea, develop the idea and have it out there presented plainly for people it it's therapeutic isn't it i mean just that process in itself yeah oh absolutely the i've always found the creative process to be really therapeutic if you're if you're really sharing your story and you're letting that come out um and you're not holding it back 
Um, I think, yeah, it, it's, it is so, so therapeutic because it gets stuff out that you didn't realize was inside of you. Um, has that been your experience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's, it's also fun. I think that for, for me and there's a, I think there's a lot of us that just like to create something from beginning to end so much of our, so much of the things that, that I do, I only do a small part of, and it's fun to, to write, to write a song, um, sketch it out, record it, and then, and have it all finished right in house. And there's so few things that we get to do from beginning to end like that. Hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I, I want to point out, um, Sean is doing the recording, mixing, and producing. So this is truly like, usually even in music, you have to kind of go out of house a little bit and allow other people in, which, you know, is not a bad thing. A lot of times they give great insight, but it's it's just really exciting for us. This is like, wow, we created this. We did all the instrumentals. We, even to the point where like, Sean, like, learned how to play percussion to do this on this album because we're like what you want to just see what we can create together wow that's awesome that's really awesome um i love that whole like i mean that's that's kind of an insight to marriage as well yeah uh, marriage is like something you i mean i'm not married but from what I know of marriage, it's something, it's a, it's something that you, a relationship like that is something you create together, mm-hmm. you know, and a marriage is something that you create together, like you work at it and like to have this kind of birth within that context as part of your story, literally, mm-hmm. um, that's an amazing thing. Um, mm-hmm. I would definitely say it like has, you know, projected, has helped our marriage of just like how do we work together when also you're really passionate and about something because that's when you can get heated or easily disagree like disagreeable with somebody when it's just like no I think it should be this way and it's like no I think it should be this way right and just Mm. like how do you work it out to create the best thing that we can create together which is better than what we can create on our own Mm, yeah I mean have you learned do you learn a lot about each other when you're creating together? <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> um, just what's what's actually the productive way to get something done versus just like, it's so easy when you're in the creative process just to be like, no, this is how it has to be. And versus like, well, you know, uh, why do you want that? Uh, can we try this way? Well, what do you think now? And just much more of a conversation. I find that we trust each other more now too, because we've done it many more times. We've we've written a lot of songs, we recorded a lot of songs, and once you realize what somebody's capability is, whether she's your wife or not, um, when you when you realize that somebody consistently comes up with something that that you like, that you both like, and you have already made things that I, I think are good, um, when you've already done that, there's more trust. Instead of trying to pull them like, hey, no, I think I think you're wrong and you got to go this way. I know the way um, you're you're not going the right direction. Like there's none of that. And in, in how we create stuff, I just I trust that she's going to write good songs. She always has. She doesn't bring anything mm. um, to the band that isn't good. So I, I trust her. I don't feel like I have to say as much. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, how much of. How many of the how much of the songs like kind of reflect your 
your in the story of your marriage as opposed to your individual stories? <laughs> Our marriage, I think it's zero this time. There is no love songs on our AP. Wow. Um, and, and we actually, we wrote some love songs, but when it all came down to it, we had an album worth of music. And this time we wanted to be very coherent and just have like one image come through. And we're just like, you know what? We, we did that album. And these songs are really like, they're strong. The songs that we ended up with were like, these are what we think are strong. And it tells a whole story of like discovery and, uh, you know, moving forward and trying to find excitement within the monotony of life. Mm. Yeah, there was a bunch of other songs that we had and we just ended up cutting them out because we thought these five fit really well together. So right. they ended up being um, a lot of stories, um, but not so much relationship this time. Yeah, I noticed that. The ones I listened to, um, the one that really, really struck me was um, A Storm Is Coming. Mm, yeah. I just, um, like, I, I just, like, just love the, the theme of that and the imagery that you've used with that and um, and the topic. You know, it's... Um, so tell us a bit about that song. Yeah, so A Storm Is Coming is comparing our current political just tension that's happening to mm. a storm. And when I was writing it, I was picturing a tornado. Just like um, people are getting so... Well, and I'm... Ex- Maybe maybe you're not experienced this, but I'd be surprised. But I've, I've witnessed people getting angry to the point where it's just like, can you even explain yourself anymore? It seems like your, your anger is the topic now. Um, and it's so destructive where, like, discussions are now done. I'm just angry. You are just wrong. Yeah. I, I, I know that I've noticed that. I have very much so. Um and it's, it's every level of debate too. I, I, mm. I, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson, and I, I listen to I listen to a debate he did a few days ago, and the the people that they were talking about politi- political correctness, and they're they're debating the pros and cons of that. And um, even at a super high level debate like that, they were they were disagreeing, and not not always in a in a constructive way. So even at these very high levels, um, university level debates, people are kind of unable to, to stay. Um, yeah. Just, just to talk like friends would talk. Mm. Um, yeah. And then to keep to keep it like out of the personal, they were unable to do that in that conversation. Yeah. I definitely have noticed it. And especially in relation to politics and mm-hmm. it happened. I saw it the first time I really noticed it was when Donald Trump was elected and it just struck me like, there were so many people who were on the kind of liberal progressive side, and I hate talking about sides, mm-hmm. um, but they were kind of, I was like, you're accusing people of being narrow-minded, ignorant, not listening to your point of view, um, kind of writing you off without listening to your story, and you're doing exactly the same thing to them. <laughs> and, right. like, and I was so frustrated because I was like, and, I, and that's actually when I realised that my my le- my level of consciousness had shifted beyond the kind of old binary way of thinking, into mm-hmm. um, kind of a more non-binary way of thinking. And um, because I was like, I actually saw the fallacy, the, the, the flaw of this like 
how people believe like mm-hmm. because it's not like it's not as much what you believe it's how you believe um yeah. I, did, I did a podcast episode on this a while back and uh, it's just like it's once you see it and you get it it's like it's so obvious and you can notice it everywhere mm-hmm. and um i think that's a, the, one of the beauty of uh, poetry and, and songwriting is that you can have those nuances and you can under, you can kind of explore them and like you can actually go beyond the kind of binaries and you can kind of yeah there's something about music and poetry which does that i think yeah save, saves on frustration too you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. You can save more energy that way yeah get your pull your stuff out and creative stuff yeah that's it that's absolutely yeah, well, yeah, that that song all came together in one day too. So I, I had a guitar riff, and then Gelada wrote all the lyrics and uh, structured it, and we had a day off together. We just recorded that all in one day. That was the only song that happened that fast. Yeah, that's not typical, and so that kind of feels a little magical when it's like, whoa, like the song was written, everything, boom. It's like, okay, that that's kind of like, oh, and that was like kind of like our where we discovered like, maybe that's the sound we should go after. This came together so quickly and it felt so right. Mm, it's fun. Yeah. I, I've heard that happen before. Like I watched a documentary about you two making acting baby. And there was like one song, like they were jamming for hours, like not able to find a sound or, or a rhythm or a melody that they, that they, that they, a hook that they could grab onto and then they suddenly came upon it and like they wrote this song i think it was one that came out of it the first song um and then suddenly all these other songs just were kind of pouring out like it just it just took one song to find the sound and the 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 voice that they were looking for and that was really going on inside of them and then suddenly all these other songs kind of came out and kind of followed followed that um, isn't it pretty similar with writing too you know you might struggle mm. at a train of thought for a while and yeah. uh, you, once you get warmed up and you start writing again and it starts it, it begins to flow out more easily after you've been working at it for a while yeah that's right you often have to write loads and loads of rubbish and then one <laughs> and then you'll get like to one one thing will come out one kind you'll get to a line or a um or a kind of a paragraph or a, a, just like an idea and it'd be like, ah, that's the thing. That's what it is. You know, and suddenly it's like, suddenly everything kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, before, before we even started, you were saying that you, you've been wanting to write more. And, and how's that going with you? Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a challenge because I've been asked to write for, for publications and books and like websites and stuff. And I've been doing that um, about topics that I care about, you know, um, things like mental health, mental illness and things. And um creativity writing that kind of stuff um but at the same time i still feel like i'm trying to find my voice again uh, you know I'm, I'm writing this stuff and i can write it and i'm you know because i because I, I, you know, I think i'm a good writer um mm-hmm. hopefully <laughs> um 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 but i'm still kind of searching for that next right project you know the next because you can't stay the same no exactly then- yeah you have to morph, you have to change, because that's life. And it is kind of hard to, like, what's what's similar enough to, like, you, it's still true to you, and you're not, like, just, you mm. know, trying to push yourself into something you're not, but but is expanding and developing and changing. Yeah. 
absolutely and yeah i mean i i've got loads of ideas of things that i want to do and i've got them all down like rough notes but i haven't got the the hook the the thing that will draw it together the you know the story the whatever it is that will suddenly like ah that's that's gonna tie that's how i'm gonna tie it all together that's what i'm trying to say you know like so i'm circling i feel like i'm circling around it but i'm not I haven't quite landed on it yet so I'm kind of I've got lots to say but I haven't got the kind of the thing you know um I need to have an emotional connection like a, and a, a spiritual connection in the sense to what I'm writing um mm-hmm. even though I've got loads of ideas I need to the one I'm going to write next has to be one that I'm I'm you know that's going to fit with where I am and connect with yeah and I, and I bet it's Compared to writing a song, a story, it's just like, you have to be committed. I can waste, you know, a song is usually three minutes. I can, I can write it in completion. We can record it. We recorded some songs and decided not to put it on here. But you can do that because it's like, in the end, maybe it's a day of your time or, or more. But a book concept, it's like, nope, you have to know before you really yeah. finish. <laughs> That's right, and I'm writing a lot of blog posts. Writing a blog post is kind of like writing a song in a sense because it's 500 words, maybe a thousand words, and it doesn't take long to write a blog post. Like, you know, you take an hour, two hours. You know, it depends on the blog post. Like you can write, but a book like is totally different. You know, it's like an album is different to a set to a, writing a whole load of songs. You know, you have to figure out the arc of the album and like how everything's going to fit together and the theme and what goes together and what what shouldn't be on there and what should be on there you know um mm-hmm. i heard that coldplay like every time they do an album they record about 100 songs and, mm. they, have, and they pick 12 like the 12 that kind of 10 or 12 that go together mm-hmm. um so it's kind of loads and loads of work you know um yeah this is really interesting i love talking about the creative process with you it's good mm-hmm. um um so um tell us about some of the other songs on the album um and the story behind those yeah i mean the the couple that i did um one's called uh the freeway never stops and that i don't know i don't know how much driving you do but uh when when something's on your mind and you're in a car sometimes it's it's easiest to think about things when you're driving in a car or moving or on a train and just um having something that might be bothering you and uh just moving through it you know uh, that's what that th- song's about. And uh, there's another one that I did called uh, Justice Restored. And, and yeah, just talking about writing. Normally when I write lyrics, I, I go back to it several times and I change lines and uh, make it more cohesive. But that last song just came out in five minutes. I just wrote the whole thing in five minutes. And then, uh, I did that a couple of years ago and I was looking for um, a way to, to record it and bring it about when it was right. And I tried doing it too early. And it didn't quite work. Um, I tried to put it on season's turn and it didn't quite work. And then I, I mentioned it one more time when we were finishing up recording this EP and it just kind of all came together really quick. So it was a song I wrote in five minutes that I didn't want to let go. And mm. it's just about um, just about violence and how violence perpetuates itself. And the more violent you get, the more violence happens and how long will this continue? And um, just that it could, this all, this, this all could eventually stop and we could live in peace together. Um, that kind of desire to, mm. um, to be peaceful. I love that. I love that. It sounds like some really interesting themes on this album. Um, yeah, we, I, I'll send you the whole thing soon. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, so I think something interesting about Justin's Restored, even though it came together very quickly for Sean, it was years or at least a year and a half until it fits somewhere in a collection. Hmm. Yeah. That is, it, it is interesting how things work like that, isn't it? With, mm-hmm. because yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I've got stuff that I, that I probably wrote a couple of years ago in my that's sitting in my Dropbox folder and it hasn't got a home yet you know and then what will happen is that I'll grab you know, eventually I'll find an idea and I'll go and go back and grab that mm-hmm. and that'll go or in or parts of it or yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's right yeah yeah and so the last song we haven't talked about and I'm glad we kept it for last is our title track so the title of our EP is do you hear me and the song that it comes from is Father, Father, Do You Hear Me? Um, and this song, I think it's just me. It's a me reconciling with my difficulties with Christianity. Um, so one of the first times that I really sat down and read through a lot of the Bible, I then, one of the last parts I read, probably because it's like at the end, is Revelations. And it was so confusing, I think, for most people who first dive into it. And and so confusing that it really made me question, like, what what are all these doctrines from this Christian faith? Like, Revelations is doesn't make sense. What are you telling me? And it's just, it confused me more than like anything else and maybe made me a little distance towards Christianity at first. And so then um, I was on winter break. I'm a teacher. And so I have more time during certain portions. And and we're, we're thinking about this album and we know we want to bring our faith out in it. And then I'm thinking, you know what? I have to go back to Revelations. This still confuses me. So I just like sat down and read it every day for like days straight. Like that whole week, I just kept reading it, kept reading it. I would put, I'd find audio versions of it and have other people read it to me. Or I'd look up, you know, what other people thought of it. And just like, I just dived into it. And I, I realized well, first of all, I'm not going to understand everything, and I will understand parts of any part in the Bible differently at different moments in my life. But what really stuck me with Revelations was the dragon, the devil, how the charm of the dragon, even in like the dragon was in heaven fighting his battle, sent down to the world, and then people started to worship him and just in questioning, like, Will I know if I encounter evil or will, so I have a line like, or will their charm compel me? Mm. Yeah. I mean, one thing I really love about your music is the lyrics. I have to say, like, that's the thing I always look for in a song, to be honest. I mean, you've got to have good melody and all of that kind of thing. But the thing that attracts me most to a song is, is the lyrics because good me too <laughs> um, like because that's what make, that's what gets me thinking you know that helps me to make a connection with the song um and i always like to know the story behind um music as well i think like, i mean one of the reasons i love acting baby is because i know the story behind it and what mm-hmm. went into it and the creative process behind it and like what those lyrics really mean and um and it's the same actually um George Michael, who like he died um, about eighteen months ago, 
they, they made a, he moves he finished he just finished making a documentary about his story and mm-hmm. um a lot of the film was about um him the grief of losing a partner um to HIV and how he got over that and he channeled that into um into his into his music and when you listen to some of the lyrics of his music after that it was very very powerful and you could you could hear his story um and so that connected me with that music a lot more um because i knew the story behind it and um that's why it's so interesting hearing listening to you today talk about this album because it's because now these songs kind of they have more meaning because we know what went into them you know and um i think that helps i think that's good for everyone to find out more about the story behind music i think that's a good thing to do yeah, I find that there's two kinds of people with music. There's people like you and Jelida who love the lyrics, and then there's other people that just want something that that sounds good to them. Because <laughs> I'm 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 more the latter. I just if it sounds good, uh, you could be singing about whatever. But there's there's different emphasis um, depending on what kind of listener you are. And of course, I mean if you're if you're if you're um, a writer, you would have to love the lyrics. I would think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, kind of. Sometimes I'm just sometimes I'm jealous, uh, and I wish I could write stuff like that, you know, um, because I just the poetry, you know, the um, the melody of even just of the words is just yeah. I mean, it's actually it's funny because when you're one thing I learned when I was writing my book is that even when you're writing a book, you have to write it with a sense of rhythm mm. um, because you have to think when people are reading it, even in their head. They're reading it as if they're saying it, so they're gonna. So, like, when you're saying it, there's a like. It's all about breath and like how it sounds and all. That. And if and if it, if you can write something with a kind of rhythm to it, like, for example, you'd write a two. If you want to write a two-word sentence, then a three-word sentence, then a four-word sentence, to demonstrate a point, that makes sense because it's kind of there's a kind of a rhythm to it, um, right. and how you write paragraphs and sentences and stuff, you can write it with a kind of rhythm and thinking how it will sound to people because they, even if the, somebody's been reading it in their head, they'll still be hearing it in a sense. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting thing, all of that stuff. I'm sure Yeah, no- I mean, after you said that, the, the same thing happens when you're constructing a song um, or a piece of music because you're, you're very much working with rhythm. You're very much finding what piece fits where and, and, do you have to use this section or you should, should you get rid of it? And it's mm. uh, at least, at least when I do music, I, I hear some parts in my head, but I, I certainly don't hear all of it. I have to actively put it on the tracks and listen to it and find what goes where before, before it, it comes together, you know, cause I can't think beyond two or three parts. You know, I can't, I, some people, they can close their eyes and they can hear, uh, eight part melodies, uh, eight part harmonies. I can, or four part, I can only hear two, two or three. So that's what recording is fun. Cause you, you I mean, you're talking about re- constructing rhythm, you're constructing rhythm when you're, when you're doing instrumentals too. And then the, mm-hmm. the lyrics and the melody is just the, the final thing on the, on the very top. But a lot of what I do is just feeling like I'm supporting what she's saying and supporting her voice, you know, cause that's, that's like what you said. I mean, that's what people identify with the most. So how can I, um, as somebody who loves instrumentals, support the lyrics and the and what she's singing about the most. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. 
Um, and, I, and I love this song, this uh, song that you're talking about. Um, what do you say? Sorry, I've forgotten the name of the song. Um, oh, Father, Father, Do You Hear Me? Yeah, the, Father, Father, the me? EP's yeah. called Do You Hear Me? And um, that that's my favorite, too. I like that. I like that one a lot. Um, I like, I really like how, uh, she plays, Jelada plays cello. I like how when she plays and sings, how her soprano voice, her higher voice interacts with the cello, which is a lower instrument. Mm. So I, I like how the, the opening is with that. And I like, I like how her voice and the, the cello instrument plays off each other. And you hear that all over these five songs. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've only heard. I think there's only the two, two of them you sent to me. I, yep. Mm-hmm. And, the two um, you heard. They're just um, they're so beautiful and uh, they're kind of haunting in, in, in terms of the sounds uh, in some ways. And they really kind of take you to a deep place and make you think and um, kind of, yeah, I, I, I remember distinctly after listening to both of them that there was like this, I just had to sit in silence for a minute and just reflect on like what, what those songs meant. And, mm. um, so I definitely recommend these, this, this to everyone who's listening. Like where can we get, where can people get hold of this, this album? Mm-hmm. So you can go to our website. Um, and because we're part of a bigger group, it's the blacksmith's daughters. So T H E B L A C K S M I T H S daughters with an s at the end.com and then it's just Jalida for a backslash so it's a little bit confusing longer but you'll have to remember we're part of a bigger six-person group and then Jalida j-u-l-y-d-a um we're just putting them up on Bandcamp, so b-n-d-c-a-m-p Bandcamp, and we're trying something very different we decided we're just putting up our two singles, A Storm Is Coming and Father, Father, Do You Hear Me online. And then otherwise, uh, we're just going around with the CD version of the album mm. um, because, I don't know, we just love to. And I know because you're in England, we might not get to all your listeners by face, but we're just, you know what? We really want to emphasize the face-to-face contact with people and build up that relationship. This is our first um, release as Jalida. So, you know what? We just want to prioritize these real relationships we're going to make first. That's really, really great. That is really, really great. Um, and just to also, just to clarify, the band's called Jalida, uh, mm-hmm. J-U-L-Y-D-A. Um, mm-hmm. and, but your name is Jalida, but it's spelled differently, yes. isn't it? Yeah. We just, well, Sean decided we were thinking and thinking and thinking about like, what's a name for just the two of us. And we, what, a lot a more time than like, uh, this was like months back. Like, Oh, if we were ever going to do something, what would it be? And we thought of other names and then it just came down to, I don't know, they were partially taken or else maybe you thought of other things than we wanted you to. And then Sean was just like, your name, your name is so unique. I've never heard it before. And why don't we just spell it a little bit more phonetically? So July, duh, like the month July. (laughs) Brilliant. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Um, Well, thank you for coming on. It's always such a privilege to talk to you. And I always feel like I learned so much. (laughs) <laughs> um, especially about the creative process and, and um, other things. 
So, uh, and we'll obviously we'll have you back as well at some point. And uh, yes. whether, whether it's as Delilah or the Blacksmith's Daughters, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have you back. Um, so thanks for coming on. Thank you. It was always fun talking with you. Yeah, likewise. Absolutely. Um, so uh, thanks, for, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, take care and we'll talk soon. <laughs>